0: Welcome to Season 3 of the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. I'm excited to share with you the stories of clients and professionals on their personal functional core and pelvic floor rehab journeys, as well as so much more. We're passionate about helping you be strong for the life you were meant to live. Welcome back to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. It's Kelly Dean here, and I'm super excited about our guest today. Megan Miller is a pelvic floor physical therapist in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And um, she has a really great story to share. We've had some really fun interactions um, as she's gone through some professional training with us, but also some of her personal story. I think it's going to be fun for us to learn as well today. So thanks for joining me, Megan. Thank you, Kelly. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Um, we've had so much fun talking. Um, I always enjoy talking to other professionals that maybe have just a slightly different background than me. And as they start to learn a little bit more about kind of our approach and how that blends with your approach. And we've had some really fun um, interactions, like kind of putting pieces together for clients and um, this training. So I'm excited to share with our listeners a little bit more about kind of your story and what you do there. Um, And, you know, we talk a lot at the Tummy Team about core work and pelvic floor work. And we talk about a lot of people are like, oh, what about a pelvic floor therapist? And sometimes they just can't get to one. Sometimes they've had a bad experience with one. Sometimes that's like the last thing they want to do, but they still have issues. So we kind of deal with all of those things, but it's always fun to partner with a professional that has a wide range of experiences and then is adding some
1: of the work we do into that. So I'm excited to, to share that with people. That's great. Again, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have that conversation. All right, so
0: let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about, you know, you and okay. kind of your family and how you got into this work and what you how you found the tummy team kind of give us a little bit of a background. Hi. Okay.
1: Absolutely. So let's see, I'm 48. Um, I am a wife of a really, have a really great husband, um, who's just a really great person all around and is also a PT. I have, yes, (laughs) I have three kids. They are 11, 13 and 15. So we're like officially in the you know, preteen and teen years. Um, they're, they're really great. I've been a physical therapist since 1997 and I've been doing pelvic health PT work since 1999. Um, so yeah, so I was, um, first introduced to pelvic floor PT um, at my very first job out of college. I worked at the Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, um, doing kind of, quote unquote, regular PT. So I was doing, you know, inpatient acute care rehab, um, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. And when I shifted to the outpatient rotation, uh, there was a therapist there at the time who had just started a pelvic floor program. And at that time, it was very new and very novel. Uh, we didn't have anything in PT school about pelvic floor or PT. There might've been maybe a sentence or two about diastasis, maybe.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I yeah. time as you, and I think we had one, one sentence about diastasis <laughs> and maybe something about wrapping a, a sheet around their waist and having oh, them sit ups.
1: Yes, I'm going to talk about that in a little okay.
0: bit. <laughs> <laughs> but we <laughs> almost nothing about pelvic floor. It was yeah. like it was like, "Oh yeah, there's additional training you could do for that." Um, do, yes. can I ask you a question about the PT school you went to? My PT school was a little bit more neurological based, um less muscular skeletal, like a lot of NDT trained therapists on staff and stuff. Whereas when I've worked with some other PTs, I didn't realize there were just different types of schools, but, um, some of the other PTs I've worked with, um, have more of like a musculoskeletal, like outpatient bend
1: sports medicine type thing. What do do you feel like you had? So I, I graduated from the University of Scranton in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and I would say it was, I think it was very well-rounded. There was really a good base of both, honestly. Okay. So yeah, really, really both. Um, so yeah, so so at that time, um, you know, at, at my first job, as I said, there was this therapist who had just started this program. It was this very new and novel thing, and um she and I kind of got to be friends and got to be talking about what she was doing. And um, she said, you should come, you know, shadow me for for a little bit. So I ended up, you know, spending more time with her shadowing some patients with her. Um, And it really, what really stuck out to me about pelvic floor PT work that the work that she was doing was that the patients that she was working with had these really significant issues that impacted their quality of life, whether it was bladder leakage, pelvic pain, um, fecal leakage, pain with intercourse, pelvic organ prolapse. It, they were so impactful to their qual. These issues were so impactful on these patients' quality of life, yet they weren't really things that anybody talked about. I mean, I think now it's, it's getting a lot better. We still have a long way to go, but it's a lot a lot more out in the open these issues maybe than it was at that time, which was like Absolutely. 20, you know, over 20 years ago. Um, anyway, and I really saw through kind of working with her and observing her that patients were really getting better and were so thankful and their lives were really changed um, from working on on these issues through exercises and and strategies and whatnot. So I was, I was really like kind of hooked and I was excited and I went and took my first pelvic floor PT courses. Um, The first ones I took were from um, two pretty well-known pelvic health PTs. Um, They were actually taught by Kathy Wallace and Holly Herman, which were some of like the pioneers of, you know, PT pelvic floor educators. Um, So yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So that was really cool. Um, And then, you know, went on to take other courses. And really that the therapist um, that I worked with at Hopkins at that time really was like a mentor to me. And I really, you know, credit my forward movement with pelvic floor PT to her, like, I really learned so much from her. Um, So I was there, you know, for several years. And then I, I feel like I've been blessed with really Cool um, clinical work experiences. Um, after I left there, I had this really great opportunity to um, help start a pelvic floor PT program at the Walter Reed Army Medical Center in DC. So it was a PT program, but it was within their gynecology department. So I actually worked for a urogynecologist, um, which was very just a just a fantastic experience all around. So um, so I was there for several several years, and then um, met my husband, and eventually moved up to Central Pennsylvania. So we've been here um, about seventeen years, and came up here. Had another great experience. I was um, what they called a women's health uh, like clinical director for a group of outpatient PT practices in this area. Um, that was great. Then I had my kids. <laughs> took I was fortunate I was able to take some time off and stay home with them. Um, and a little over 10 years ago, I kind of came back to the, the clinical arena, you know, in, in earnest and started working for a, a small, PT practice in our area called Core Plus Physical Therapy. Um, it's a very small practice. Uh, there's five therapists. We it, the, the practice was really created for and remains really dedicated to the treatment of women, men, and children with pelvic floor and core dysfunction and any um, bowel, bladder, pelvic pain, pelvic support issues that go along with that. So I've been there uh, right around 10 years. um, And that's where I'm at right now.
0: That's great. Lots of really cool experiences. I didn't realize how long you have been in how many different settings you've been doing this work. And I think that really, um, you know, it's not just postpartum women, you know, it's not like a birth center. You have like this, this probably well-rounded um level of experience which I think is is really going to be a benefit to the people listening and the people that get to see you.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> and then several years ago, I I went to Your Neck of the Woods and I did um a couple of talks and did some training and you were at
1: one of those talks, is that right? I love- I was, I was, that was in Virginia, I believe. Yes. And I came down with a couple of my coworkers and we came to one of your talks. It was, was great. Um, But my introduction to the tummy team started a little bit before that. Um, And this is kind of where my, my personal and professional journeys kind of intersect. (laughs) Um, So after my my third child was born, I had a pretty significant diastasis recti, abdominal separation. Um, It was, it was about, it was like a four and a half finger width separation, but it was very deep. um, And I did have an umbilical hernia with it. Um, So after, you know, after he was born, after you kind of get out of that initial, you know, postpartum stage, and he was you know, getting a little, you know, he was probably, I don't know, five or six months old, I was thinking, okay, so it's really time for me to do something about this diastasis. And, you know, what I will say is at that time, my training and my pelvic floor work clinically was very, very, very pelvic floor focused. So I didn't have a ton of experience with diastasis per se, even a little bit, but not. It was it was really um, kind of limited when I think back on it. And so, what I knew to do was the thing that you were saying about tying the sheet <laughs> around your waist and trying to engage and doing some little crunches and trying to pull everything together. And intuitively, I knew there has to be more to this. <laughs> there has to be another way. And um, Cause you know, because it, it really wasn't wasn't helping, obviously. So I did some research on my own at that time and I found actually the Tepler uh technique um is kind of what I first came across.
0: Well,
1: so say, is like the pioneer and she was the only
0: voice out there, the loudest voice for sure, for the longest time. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely.
1: So, you know, I I read some of her things and it it made sense to me and you know, just conceptually, it, it, yeah, it it made sense. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to give this a try. So I, I think I bought one of her programs. I bought one of her splints and I really gave it a good go. And, and it was, it was a really good first step for me. It really was. Um, what I found as I got into doing her program is that it was at least for me at that time, um, it wasn't something I could maintain and keep going with my current life situation of having like a six month old, a two year old, and a four year old. <laughs> um, it That's does. It, and I don't know. I don't know if it's changed, you know, since that time, but at the time it was many exercises multiple times a day. So it was, it was just. You know, I tried really hard initially to do it, and then it just eventually, you know, I kind of had to come away from it. So, um, and not that I didn't gain, you know, good, good. Yeah, I had, the same, ideas experience. From I had it. the same experience. It was, it was life
0: changing for me, but yeah. unsustainable. And and there was just, there's a couple of components that are just missing, like, uh, like some alignment components and some right. muscle imbalance components and things that right. we know as physical therapists. But what was a lifeline was somebody talking about rehab being an option for this condition. That it's not just live with it or get some cosmetic surgery that your insurance will never pay for. You know, and to to have a voice out there saying, no, 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 this this is a muscle issue. And there's rehab exercises that can help fix that. That was a, that was a lifeline to me. And I think it has been to a lot of people, but then, you know, then there's, there's just a little bit beyond that, that initial stuff that I think helps people get to that next level. And, you know, I know Julie personally, and I, you know, I've worked with her a lot and, um, and that's, she knows that that's kind of like where I kind of branched off from there. Right.
1: Right. Absolutely. It, as I said, it was, it was a great first step for me, for sure. But then, so then I thought, okay, well, I gave this a try. I wasn't really able to, you know, continue with it as much as I wanted to. I did see a little bit of improvement, like with closure of my diastasis for sure. Um, But it was still there and I still had the hernia and I had three kids and they were super active and I was like, what am I going to (laughs) do? So I actually went and met with a surgeon about getting the hernia repaired because that the hernia was what was most bothersome to me. True. I mean, I didn't like the way that the diastasis looked and I had some domain, um, but the hernia was really like on a day to day basis, like uncomfortable. And I had to be like pushing it back in. And, you know, it was, it was just very bothersome. And, and cosme- honestly, cosmetically, it was bothersome too, because it was kind of like my belly button, you know, sticking, nope. sticking straight right out. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went and met with him and he was, you know, very, I felt very at ease with him. He was very knowledgeable. He sort of explained what the options would be for repairing it he said, if we go in and repair the hernia, then we would also repair the diastasis separation also because that's going to help, you know, the integrity of the hernia repair as well. So I actually scheduled the surgery and went home and kind of sat with it for a little bit. And then I thought, you know what, I don't know if I'm ready to do this because he talked about that the, the recovery period was significant. And again, I had these three small kids and, you know, it was like no lifting. And I'm like, well, how's, how's that gonna, <laughs> how's that gonna work? <laughs> so <laughs> So I did went online, did some more researching, and that's really when I found the tummy team um, at that point. And so I you know read a lot of your your information. I looked at the courses that were available at that time. Um, and I thought, you know what? I think I'm gonna cancel this, and i'm gonna I'm gonna give this program a try. So that's what I did. <laughs> so cancel the surgery. I signed up for uh, I guess it would have been core foundations, core foundations, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that, and I loved it. And I and I I think I did the floor of your core add on. I'm pretty okay. sure if there was a version of that at that time, I, I did that as well. And I found it, you know, a, a little bit in contrast to the Tupper technique. It was very doable. It was, you know, I can sort of integrate this into my day. This is like this is this can. I think this can really, is really going to be helpful and is really going to work. And And it was
0: PT, did you start seeing some, at what point did you start seeing some connections to, or like some, you know, uh, blank spots in your training, like that things were starting to fill in? Did you start making that connection? Because sometimes when you're in mom mode, <laughs> when and when you're treating yourself, you're not thinking as a physical therapist. Like sometimes we're yes. our own worst physical therapist. Yes. And then going, oh, oh, this is actually yes. This is therapy. Yes. <laughs> I yes. Know that stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think at that time, because I wasn't working in the clinic at that time, I was home with my kids. Um, I think I was starting to get glimpses of that, about how maybe there was like this whole other layer to what I had been doing, um, that could be, that could be added, but I don't think I was at that time, even ready to yeah. integrate that <laughs> <laughs> capacity at the time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I ended up, you know, working on, I did the programs, I continued to work on the strategies, worked on the exercises, like really, you know, was so, you know, conscious about, you know, the, the breathing and the exhaling and it, you know, everything, everything makes it, sense. It's
0: it's designed to build into your real life. Yes. Like that's, yes. That's the whole thing. All the things that I felt like I needed in my own journey is how I created the course. Like, build it into carpooling my kids and changing exactly. diapers and exactly. you know, and and I only lay down if I'm going to bed. So the laying down exercises exactly. are in my bed at bedtime. Like I exactly. can't lay down in the middle of the day like I, exactly. I'll get attacked. You yes. know? <laughs> you exactly. know, so I really created it that way, um, knowing like living that life myself and knowing what it's what it takes to be to feel successful, you know, yes, and live exactly. real life at the same time, and that, some of that is my background as kind of more of a uh stroke, brain injury, neuromuscular rehab kind of person that builds it into real life, but some of it is just my personality. Like, I need to make it uh, I need to
1: trick myself into doing it <laughs> doable, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um so what happened next was so I so I did the program was integrating everything into my lifestyle. Um my diastasis, um improved from like a four and a half separation down to a two, which was awesome. Um however, it was about probably a year later I I still had the hernia issue. Right. So, and as I've heard you describe before, and and I Explain it this way to patients. Also, I, I think I heard you once say that a good visual, you know, as to what is happening with the connective tissue and the linea alba when someone has a diastasis, is that it's kind of like the sail of a sailboat, kind of like billowing in the wind, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what is happening to that midline tissue between the rectus abdominis muscle, and and a hernia is actually a hole in that in the sail. Um, an actual hole. So what I, you know, kind of clinically knew is that I could, you know, the diastasis was definitely healing for sure and improving. But for me, I didn't see the hernia itself improving. And, and I know that in some people, they can heal their diastasis enough through exercise and through, you know, changing lifestyle and strategies and, and pressure management enough that the the hernia can really actually be supported. And it's not, um, you know, an issue for them. For well, me,
0: is what I think that actually happened. And sometimes it's very hard, even with scans and with medical assessments, for them to see if there's a tear or if it's just really stretched. I think right. it you know, I think that sometimes it's just really stretched and it does heal. And I also think that there's sometimes what is happening is not a tear, but a detached umbilicus where the belly button is, um, like it's not tethered down with the scar tissue anymore. You know, it's so the little, the little nodule there kind of is poking out where we close everything up, but we now still have this kind of and right. and that sometimes it's still uncomfortable for people or vulnerable for, for people are not very cosmetically pleasing, but right. it's not the same as what I think you had where there's a tear and things are like getting pushed up and right, and, yeah, right. But exactly. now, if you go in for surgery, now you have such a stronger network,
1: exactly. you know,
0: to hold exactly. and, and
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. So fast forward a little bit longer, I, I did end up having a hernia repair. Um, and and when they went in to repair it, I, it ended up, I actually had three ventral hernias. So okay. um, yeah, so they repaired those. And even though the diastasis had significantly improved, they did kind of reinforce everything with a layer of mesh also. So I did have that surgery. Um, and then after the surgery... I right away kind of implemented all of my tummy team, you know, strategies and exercises and breathing when the timing was right. Um, and I think having that foundation going into it um, just set me up for really so much better success afterwards. So awesome. that was, that was back in, so yeah. like, yeah. right? exactly. like
0: preparation, exactly pre like pre-training those muscles and the strategies and everything and 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 minimizing that dr going into the surgery yeah. so that now you have some muscle memory to that coming out exactly. i think the big thing about abdominal surgeries and abdominal hernia surgery specifically is most doctors give absolutely no rehab instructions like no. nothing and, like and what I mean. you should do and it's recurrence rate, huge, like 80% yes.
1: recurrence rate. Yes. Like, and,
0: why and are not addressing that?
1: I know. And when I had my surgery, it was there was no instruction about how to get out of bed, what to do, what not, you know, how to move. Not there was nothing. No, you know, yeah. um, I mean, he knew I was a PT, but still I think there was there wouldn't have been, <laughs> you no, know, anything. And so, when I when I
0: talked to um surgeons they are like, um, half of them are like, think that I'm trying just to get people to not have surgery. But the other half of them are like, I have clients that actually are not surgical candidates that need this information. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to keep repairing the same thing over and over again, because, you know, it keeps popping open because of their movement patterns. I don't know what, what, I don't know if it's just like, oh, they don't see them after six weeks post Post surgery. So they're like, yeah it's not my problem. They come back in if something happens. But I think medically, as like a medical system, we should be looking at any procedure that has an 80% recurrence rate. We need to be rethinking what we're doing or how absolutely. we're supporting that surgery. Right. Absolutely. Like I'm not sure why we're not addressing it better.
1: I know. I absolutely agree. And and I I say the same thing about um clients that I see that have um, are considering or have had um, prolapse repair, prolapse, um, that having therapy a little bit before and definitely after to learn how to use the muscles that support what they anatomically, surgically corrected is invaluable. And I always say, I mean, I know it's not this exactly the same, but I always use the example, you would never have a knee replacement and not learn how to use the muscles and strengthen and reduce inflammation afterwards. It's, it's, you know, it's the same kind of concept.
0: And, and, and pelvic floor surgeries have a, a lifespan, right? And they'll say, well, in 10 years, you'll have to get it done again. Oh my right. gosh. You right. know what? You know, and and so I I don't know if you've ever heard us talk about how uh, pelvic floor prolapse is is similar to a diastasis and a hernia. Wow. It's like the same kind of layers of muscle and separation and pushing out. It has to do with pressure. It has to do with weakness and muscle imbalance. And it it basically pelvic floor prolapse or pelvic organ prolapse
1: is a diastasis of the pelvic floor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. It's it's a matter of, of pressure management and changes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So anyway, so after the surgery, I, it was so, so helpful to have the concepts of core connection and breathing and, and all of that going forward. And that was, um, in 2000, I had that in 2015. So I've, not had an issue since I'm, it was the right choice for me at that time. I was, because I had, um, you know, the background that I did have, but then specifically, I really feel like the tummy team were, you know, um, work that I did really supported me in, in moving forward through that phase. So now I'm back to, you know, my main form of exercise is walking our dogs. <laughs> I do a little bit of running. I used to run a lot more. I do a little bit of running. Um, I've really gotten into strength training, which I really enjoy. Um, and we try to be super active with our kids. So I, you know, do all the kinds of stuff like zip lining and whitewater rafting and all of that stuff. But I, know how to connect to my core within all of those different kinds of activities. So, so, and and I feel like I I can sort of bring that experience to clients that I'm working with because sometimes people will come in and say, oh, you know, I'm thinking about surgery. I, I'm not sure if I should, you know, if I should do it, what I, so I feel like I can speak into that a little bit from having been on both sides of it, um, which I hope is helpful, you know, to people who, who I'm talking. Yeah, and I
0: never want anybody to feel like we're anti-surgery. We're just anti-unnecessary surgery. And, right. we're, and, and there is surgery is another trauma to the body. And I don't think anybody mm-hmm. like goes, Oh, I just want to get the surgery. I think when we are at that place, We're in a desperate thing. We need it fixed. And we've tried a bunch of stuff that we knew and, or we've looked for help and nobody was able to help us. So like, this is really our only option. And so we just want people to feel very empowered and supported going into making those decisions and feeling like they're making the right decision at the right stage and have the support before and after something like that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So since that time, I've been, I really feel like ever since that time, um, when I had my surgery and, and did that initial tummy team work, I've kind of been weaving some, I had been kind of weaving some of those principles into the way that I worked with pelvic floor, uh, patients with pelvic floor issues that were coming in. Um mm-hmm kind of in like bits and pieces kind of as as that, you know, as they as that organically kind of came about. Um and I've I've taken a couple courses or I had taken a couple of courses in the last few years. I do a lot of work with kids also with with core and pelvic floor dysfunction. So I had taken your um toddler course. Um, I took the, the uh, I think it's called core preparations for abdominal surgery. I took it way after I had my, <laughs> my surgery, but I wanted to take it like to kind of see how I could um, just impart a little bit more knowledge to patients that I was working with um, who were kind of maybe on that track or thinking about that. Um, and I've you know listened to lots of your podcasts and and probably I guess about it was like last January I think um I was, I think I had something up on the computer about, you know, it was a tummy team. I must've had the website up and I was looking at something and, and, and I'm always talking to my kids about like posture and, you know, we talk way more in our house, probably than other houses about pelvic floor (laughs) movements and. Kids know all about that, and which I hope will serve them well going forward. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I was I was must have been reading something about the tummy team or doing something, and my youngest son, who is very he's very sports team oriented, he said, "Mom, are you on the tummy team?" (laughs) And I said, "I said no, but I I really would like to be," (laughs) and so. uh, so I, that's when I really decided that I wanted to do the professional, your professional apprenticeship training. So that's, um, you know, kind of all those years and experiences. And and I kind of made that decision, um, around that time. So I think I signed up to do that. It was last January. And, and as you know, I've been working on that ever since. And, cool. um, yeah, so I just feel like it's, it's really, it's given me, um, Kind of a fresh. I I, I like to think of it as like a fresh framework for kind of taking patients, whether they have whether it's pelvic floor dysfunction, whether it's diastasis, um, from like the initial stages of like muscle connection with the pelvic floor or muscle connection with the transverse and some of the the hands-on work that that I you know that I do and I and I feel is valuable in the in beginning stages and um but kind of taking somebody from those initial stages th- up through kind of the point that they get to where they're really learning how to reconnect these core muscles as a system in everyday life. Um, and It's given me kind of a, just a fresh framework in in how to do that in a way that's like we were just talking about doable for their life. Um, Fun, I think, and really empowering. And it's, it's giving them like a lot of tools um, to kind of intuitively know within their body, um, you know, what, you know, what stretches they need, what, what positions they need, just a lot of information that they can use um, to empower themselves for healing.
0: I love that word empowering. I, I really do feel like because there's a blend of education and, and doable strategies, and it's, it's not there is some structure to it. So it's not just willy nilly, but it's not necessarily just a straight protocol either. It's kind of like, if this is something you identify in yourself, these are the tools that are going to help that. If this is something, a way that your body is compensating for this weakness, these are the tools. So we're asking our clients to really do a lot of self-assessment and a lot of self-awareness work and then take that, and have a set of tools that they that that some of them feel kind of rehab, and some of them are just life, you know, lifestyle stuff. Nice. And I think that that's one of the things that can be really back to that word empowering is that we start to see clients feeling like they can take more control. It's less I'm coming and you're doing this thing for me, and then exactly. I'm home and I have to do my homework. And Mm -hmm. then I'll come back and do some more things for me. Instead of that, it's more like we're a team, the tummy team. And Mm -hmm. I have some knowledge and some sort resources, and Mm -hmm. then I'm going to give that to you so that you can take that and implement that in your real life. And you're not a patient forever. You know, you're more of a, you know,
1: a part of the process. Right. Part of the process. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just, it's, I've been really excited about it. And it's, um, you know, as I explained to patients initially, you know, the our core really, you know, is is this set of muscles and uh, which involves the pelvic floor and the transverse and the diaphragm and and some of our deeper spinal muscles. And initially, you know, we have to if if we've had um, you know children, if we've had surgeries, and there's some disconnection that's happening initially in reha- in a, in a rehab setting, we have to make some initial connections back to those muscles, um, which you know is 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 challenging in the beginning, um, and but but I just really love kind of the Tummy Team approach to taking that from those initial connections into something that's much more comprehensive and and yeah. t- really teaching you how to use those muscles in everyday life, in everyday positions and everything that you do, um, just really, I come back to the empowering word, <laughs> um, is, is it really is how I see that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't feel like you're always uh, just doing these this set of exercises. Like once you get past the set of exercises, it is how you live your life and how you do the things that you want to do. And, and what's really fun for me as a, when we get to that stage with clients is like, what are the things they love to do? You know, like yes. I've, I've helped people get back to things that have been so um important to them. Like you know, they want to get back to playing beach volleyball or or they wanna they wanna um, be able to do you know um you know paddle boarding or they want to be able to do rock climbing again or they want to be able to go snowboarding you know and um and and then there's also stuff that's not even related to like sports or act those kinds of activities but they you know they want to be like I have older um, clients that like, I want to be able to be the caregiver for my grandchildren. And I am not strong enough to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. those yes. kinds of things that have been really great yeah. to and people I, get back to.
1: Yes. And I, I that's part of this work that I really love too, is figuring out, um, being creative about how to help be people be successful with where they're at, kind of in their life in general, in terms of integrating some of these strategies for improving core strength and pelvic health, but then also when they have really specific things that they want to get back to, I love that. <laughs> kind of figuring out, you know, breaking those activities down and building them back up with a good foundation and and helping them get back to those activities yeah, is I love that too. So much fun. Yes.
0: <laughs> and and I think that a lot of times when um initially, maybe like either, I I don't know. I think initially what we know is what makes things worse. And so sometimes people's experience with pelvic floor PTs or PTs in general are, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And it's a lot of limitations. And then we have the other wide end of the spectrum where we have PTs that are like, I don't want to tell people they can't do stuff. I don't want to tell them they can't do crunches. I don't want to tell them they can't do stuff because that's just going to make them sad or, you know, or like frustrated, you know? So we need to find like, okay, we can't just say, don't, don't like, just let them keep running when they need to take a break from running or their pelvic floor is never going to get better, you know? And we can't also say, don't ever run again. That's never, you're never going to be able to run again. We can't, we have to find, Okay, for right now, we need to take a break from this activity or at least minimize this activity. Right. Body a chance to heal and build a foundation so that you can return to it and do the things you love without falling apart. You know, and let them know that we are on their side, that that is what we're trying to do. Yes.
1: Um, Exactly.
0: One of the things as, um, when I, talk about pelvic floor stuff with clients, um, you know, how often they've put off getting care for such Mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, like they just like avoided it or, you know, like, oh, my kids were little or I didn't want to do all the work or I just didn't, you know, it's not that bad. Um, you know, and then, you know, do you see that? Do you see clients that have just Maybe have a, a confused perspective of what's gonna be involved that they put it off. Do you see that you see clients that have put it off for a while before they come in, or do you kind
1: of have people get a prescription they come in or- um that's an interesting question. I feel like I've really seen it evolve over the years to be honest, especially in like the last you know five or six years. I would say when I started doing Public floor PT, not everybody, but a lot, I would say a, a high percentage of the clients I worked with at that time were of a little bit older age. So maybe like 60s, 70s, um, that kind of age group. And now I would say the majority of clients that I work with are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. Absolutely. Um, and I have really seen in the last few years, um, clients coming in who really have like sought out this care themselves, like they've been an advocate for themselves. They've researched it. it. They know it's available, which has been really cool to see that that evolution. Yeah, like reluctantly coming in, like as
0: no, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no, so like,
1: coming absolutely. in, like yeah, I'm pretty
0: sure yeah. this. Going on, and nobody's helping me, and I need you to help me with it.
1: Yes, and that's really where I've seen a shift, which is just really, really cool to see. They're excited to come in. Um, maybe in, you know, year, you know, ten years ago, a little bit before that, that wasn't maybe always the case, and yeah, it was there a wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yes, there was. You know, people even now, you know, I probably the majority of people don't really know what pelvic floor and core pt is or um mm-hmm. you know there's they have conceptions about it or um but at that time i think it was even less talked about than it you know at that time than it is now so people really really didn't know what to expect and i try to really be when someone comes in to see me in the office i really try to i always say like meet them where they're at and so you know as part of our our you know, if they're coming in with a pelvic floor issue, you know, our, our intent with most people is, is to, as part of their initial visit with us is to do an internal exam and assess the muscles for um, strength and connection and tone and tension. Um, But I always tell people, not everybody's ready for that. And so, you know, our goal is to do that. But if that doesn't happen today, you know, maybe that can happen down the road, or maybe it's not going to happen at all. But there's other ways that we can we can work into this situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of where the tummy team pelvic floor work has kind of, kind of fit into a little bit of a niche in the sense that for people that um, either don't have internal pelvic floor therapy, close to them or can't afford it
1: mm-hmm.
0: um it's not covered by their insurance or they the people around them only take cash or whatever mm-hmm. um or they emotionally or physically aren't ready to do that mm-hmm. um and you know and, and or you know they they just don't have child care to leave the home to do it like right. so it's been very interesting to to me initially when i started doing the functional pelvic floor work. um, You know, I, it was kind of initially it was like, okay, if you can't get to a pelvic floor physical therapist, this is what we're going to recommend or in addition to the pelvic floor therapy. But what we found over time was um, a lot of clients who had had in-person pelvic floor um, kind of hit a plateau that this work got them beyond or you know this work what they they got emotionally kind of hit a roadblock with the pelvic floor work but this felt like a safer route for them to go so sure. i i want people to realize that there's options um and and sometimes the right internal work is going to be exactly what you need and but not always and there's still stuff you can be doing like you said meet people where they're at sometimes People can only do a small component of the work that we have available. Do the small yeah. component. The small component yes. is still super yes. valuable. I, I said yes. to another a client the other day, so much pain, so much movement has been painful that she stopped all movement. Wow. So, you know, like, and so when I, I do something like, let's just do some hip circles and people are like hip circles, or let's just rub your belly and sit up tall and breathe. or like, mm-hmm. what? Those things are super helpful, even though they're simple and basic. You know, yes. we sometimes yes. complicate things or get too scared or, you know, have legitimate reasons why we haven't had some things. So I feel like that has been a good mix. And I like to see it with your work that you do have the ability to do internal work and you see how this supplements that as well.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody's in a different, a different place. Everybody has different needs. Everybody's ready for different parts of this at different times. So it's just, um, yeah, I just feel like the tummy team has sort of filled in some of the gaps for that with that for me so that I, I can confidently say to somebody, you know, um, you know, doing the internal work is what I think, you know, would be really helpful right now. But if you're not, you know, at that place right now, we have this whole other way that we can approach this and we yeah. can come back to that if we need to in the future, you know, so it's, that's been really um, empowering for me as a, as a clinician.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially Since you also work with such a wide variety of clients from kids to older women and the tissues are just different, their learning styles are different, their personalities are different. And to just have that, that kind of wide range of things of to do with them is really helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you um what do you when you look back at your training, like your professional training and maybe even also your personal training, what do you feel like is one of the things like that has been the most significant thing, or one of the most significant things that you have added, based on training, you know, with the Tummy Team, mm-hmm. that you weren't doing prior to that knowledge, that has like made the biggest difference.
1: Um, a couple couple things. I number one, I would say talking to people about neutral pelvis and make having a big emphasis on posture and looking at that kind of just intermittently during the day. And I, I kind of call it like, you know, doing a check-in and kind of resetting and connecting to your core and then moving on with your day. <laughs> um, having that, that, um, component of the posture and the neutral pelvis it has been really, really helpful. Um, and also I think just this idea of, of, maybe more my like original training where there was more of a um how should I say this like like a Kegel focused um approach. <laughs> um and and not to, and I know there's there's all different you know views on on yeah. Kegels or not Kegels right. or you know whatever. Um, but I think evolving that from much more at, at when I first started, like more of an isolated sort of muscle approach, Um which at that time, that's kind of what we knew. And that's, right. you know, where the research was. Right. And that's how and they if, were and there's them. a
0: role for that, because it's kind of like saying, um the transverse hold, like not doing, like, you know, it's beyond the transverse hold, but without knowing
1: how to do the transverse hold, it's hard to do any of the other functional stuff, right? right exactly so so while i still think those those initial muscle connections are really important um where initially i kind of you know years ago did much more of a sort of an isolated approach it's mu- moved much 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 more in the direction of function and you know implementing these muscle connections and strength and release and awareness into all the activities that we do during the day. Um, And, you know, different, you know, sports or different activities that we want to be doing, you know, outside of just regular life. So less of like a, like, you know, list of exercises to do versus more of a lifestyle integration.
0: Yeah, I love Mm -hmm. that. I love Mm -hmm. that. And that's, that's the whole point of everything that we try to do. And I know a lot of clients, a lot of different personalities. They're just like, Oh, just give me, you know, something to do every day, 10 times a day and I'll do it. And we think that, and we will do it initially, but, there, but we'll, we won't do it forever or we won't do it correctly forever because it just becomes something that we're checking off the list, you know? Right. And, right. and the core and pelvic floor muscles are unique. They are structural they're mm-hmm. nostril, they're respiratory, we hold our emotions in them. We um they're related to our fertility and sometimes our like identity as a human being. Um, you know, and so there's a lot in there that is not just like flex
1: your bicep, you know? <laughs> yes. Definitely different than like shoulder rehab or, or knee rehab, for sure. There's a a lot of, a a lot of additional layers with this work. For Mm -hmm. sure.
0: For Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. All right. So if there is one thing Mm -hmm. uh, that you would tell somebody thinking about doing, you know, some of this work either with you or with the tummy team or any, whatever capacity they can do it in their world. You know what? What? What's something that you would share with them that you felt like helped you take? You had several times where you kind of took the next step in things, right? Like, you know, there was there were several places, like professionally, but also personally, and then also like different steps along the way. What do you think you would help give to somebody to help them kind of take that next step?
1: Well, I I really. Feel. and and really like the practice that i work for we we all really feel that having conversations like this where we talk about um you know pelvic floor issues core issues issues that aren't maybe t- you know as we discussed talked about as openly as as some other things um we all i really feel like it's so important to be part of these conversations that in giving people sort of this overall overarching message that you know, if you have some pelvic floor issues, um, specifically, that there's always a path forward for significant healing, for improvement, there's always a a path forward, that path is going to look different for different people. um, But there is always a next step. And it's great to know that there are resources in different capacities, like the tummy team, like seeing someone in person, Or wherever somebody might be at, at that, at whatever stage they're, they're at in their healing process. But to be encouraged that there is a path forward for healing and improvement, that they don't have to kind of just learn to live with these issues. um, And that, that, that process of working through that healing um, can be very doable. It can be very doable and it doesn't have to feel like oh, this is, you know, one, one more thing. <laughs> and, and there is a little bit of that initially as you get started, but, but, but the goal is to really, you know, help move you forward and, and integrate these muscle um, connections and, and balances in into your everyday life.
0: Yeah. I love that. You had said in another conversation we had, and I've used this several times in several different settings, including like when I'm, Uh, teaching the midwifery at the midwifery college that I teach at and different things, but you use the term educated hope. And, um, and I feel like that's what you just kind of summarize there is like, we want people to have educated hope. Like there is a path forward. Um, It is, it is okay to be hopeful. And this is why, because you know, we, there's a lot that can be done. There's a, there's a lot
1: that can be done. Exactly, and and I do love that that term, educated hope, and I I that's what we really try to impart to people, you know, through through our you know through my practice and and what we do um, now. And that term, I want to give full credit that yeah. I heard that <laughs> from another uh, professional PT educator, Julie Weeb. Um, I had heard her use that that educated hope term, and and yeah. I just. I just love that. I just think it's it's so um, encouraging to people. Um, it really to, is It
0: encompasses a lot of the work that we do. We yeah. are, we are educated and we're hopeful and we have compassion but we're also we also have a plan and we have the experience to know that you're not the only person that's dealing with this and we can move forward So exactly. exactly. All right. well, I think we're gonna wrap it up. That was really good. Thank you so much for joining us. You're um, gonna, we're going to add um, some information about um, how to get connected with Megan if you live in her area. Um, and she's also an endorsed tummy team practitioner. Um, and so she, you, her information is on our professional site as well. So um, we, we like to get people connected to the people that they need. And um, yeah, so I'm going to put that in the podcast notes for everybody. Um,
1: Yeah. But anything else you want to share before we wrap up? I just want to thank you, Kelly, for the work that you do and for um, opening it up to professionals, to clients and, um, the impact on people that you're making through that your work that you do is amazing. So thank you for allowing me to be part of that process. Thank you. Oh,
0: well, you are very welcome. Thank you for saying that. That's very sweet. Um, okay, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us. And um, we're excited to uh, share Megan's story and we will see you next time on the Tummy Team Journey podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. To hear more inspiring stories, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And of course, to find out more about all that we do, check out thetummyteam.com. We would love to help you be strong through the life you are meant to live.